Glory to God. Glory to God. Bless his name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you. We bless and we magnify your name. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For truly, you are worthy, O God. There is none like you, O Lord. We bless your name, O God. Father, we thank you for your spirit being in this place, O God. But Father, you say where two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be in the midst, O God. So we thank you for your presence being in this place, O God. Father, we thank you for your glory filling this place, O God. In the name of Jesus, O God. God. Father, we know where your spirit is, there is liberty, O oh God. And we are not bound by anything, O oh God, but we are set free in Christ, O oh God. So, Father, I thank you for deliverance today, O oh God. Father, I thank you for healing today, O oh God. Father, I thank you for the miraculous happening in this place today, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, O oh God. Father, I plead the blood over each and every person here, O oh God. Father, I silence every voice, O oh God, speaking in their heads right now, O oh God. I bind every plan of the enemy against their lives, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. I declare and decree, O oh God, they are set free in Christ, O oh God. I declare and decree, O oh God, that they are full of joy, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, which is their strength, O oh God. Father, I declare and decree, O oh God, that peace fills their heart, O oh God, this morning, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I bind every distraction right now, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Have your way in this place, O oh God. Father, I thank you. I declare it. I decree it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 How's everyone doing? Hey, y'all sound a whole lot better. A whole lot better. Turn with me to uh, 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. It's a very familiar passage of scripture um, that's very appropriate for um, this year. Very appropriate for this year. We have it say amen. Amen. Then David said, is there yet anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there's, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. Verse three, the king said, is there not yet anyone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who was crippled in both feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, behold, he is in the house of Makur, the son of Amnio and Lodabar. Verse six, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and prostrated himself. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, here is your servant. Verse seven, David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and will restore to you all the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. Again, he prostrated himself and said, 
what is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? Then the king saw, then, then the king called Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, all that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. I'm going to speak this morning from a subject uh, entitled Coming Out of Lodabar. Coming Out of Lodabar. See, in this, King David has just finished battling to secure his throne. Saul, the former king, and his son Jonathan had been killed by the Philistines. You may remember David, you know, his, his, his feats with killing the, uh, Goliath and how he was anointed by Samuel to be king. Uh, he had been brought to a place to play his harp when Saul would be taken by fits of madness. If you remember, when David was anointed king, Saul was the king. And Saul, you know, his heart turned away from God and he would suffer periods of uh, madness, fits of madness. And David would be brought to him to play his heart to soothe him. So in David and Jonathan became friends. Jonathan was Saul's son. They became best friends and they made a covenant or more accurately, they cut a covenant. You see, a covenant required the shedding of blood. See, they would have to cut their arms, and what they would do is sprinkle crushed rock over the cut in the wound so that it would not heal cleanly. It would actually leave a mark that would remind them of their pledge and their covenant that they had with one another. So as Saul watched the friendship blossom, his madness drove him to seek David's life. David ran and became a fugitive. But fast forward a few years, now Saul was dead. And then Jonathan was also dead with Saul. And I can imagine as David sat back on his throne for the first time in a long while, he catches his reflection in the mirror. He catches a glimpse of the mark that is on his forearm. And the tears began to flow down David's cheeks as he mourns for his best friend, Jonathan. He calls for Ziba, the servant of Saul's household, and he asks them, is there no one left of Jonathan's family? And Ziba replied, there is one. There is one. So years earlier, when, 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 when Saul died and Jonathan died, uh, when news reached the capital of Saul's death and David's rise to power, a, a, a panic swept the city. Back then, the five-year-old boy, Mephibosheth, his nanny grabs him. And in fear, they fled from the palace. But in her haste, she dropped Mephibosheth and he fell and he crushed his legs. And from that point on, he was crippled. So from Gibeah, he was carried to a land, uh, the land of Gilead, where he and his nurse found refuge for many, many, many years in the house of Makur at Lodabar. So picture this. Out of fear for their life, the nurse grabs Mephibosheth and takes him out of the palace, thinking that Surely the men, David's men, will come and kill him. 
So out of fear, they ran, and in their haste, she dropped him, and he became crippled. And now he spent many, 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 many years in Lodabar. I think approximately, I know he was five when he ran, when, when he was taken there. So it was probably about 40 to 45 years or so before he was found out. So when you, when you, when you think about Lodabar, 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 what comes to mind? Nothing really good. See, Lodabar means the howling wilderness. It's the most decrepit of the Samaritan slums. It was a place where the rejected of society came to live and where the outlaws hid. The name Lodabar meant place of no pasture, no hope, total desolation. So you can imagine what kind of place it was. Mephibosheth, who was once royalty, now hiding out in Lodabar. So see, Mephibosheth's, his life started out great, you see, because his father was Prince Jonathan. So he was royalty. So when he was young, everything seemed to come his way. Whatever he wanted, he got gifts, friends, fun, all because he was royalty. So back then, he even had a royal name, which was Mirab Baal, meaning the opponent of Baal. Baal was a false god. But see, his nurse changed his name in an effort to hide him out of fear that he would be found and killed. She changed it to Mephibosheth, which meant son of shame. Son, who changed your name this morning? Son of shame. Remember that question. Who changed your name this morning? See, all because that one day when he was dropped and taken to Lodabar, everything, his entire life changed. So David told his men to find Mephibosheth and bring him to him immediately. So when the king's men came to Mephibosheth's door and told him that King David was summoning him, and right about now, he's probably about 50 years old. Mephibosheth is about 50 years old. Um, One can only imagine the fear that struck his heart. So he spent 40, Mephibosheth spent 45 years hiding out, out of fear of his very life. And now the one thing that he feared knocked on his door. David's men came looking for him. Was it not enough that he was exiled in one of the most remote, desolate places on earth? But even there, he now was no longer safe. Again, middle age, he was afraid and unsure of what was about to happen to his very life. However, what choice did he have? He had to go. Surrounded by our men, representatives of the king himself, he had no choice but to go back with them and face whatever was waiting for him upon the king's spoken command. So they rode into that. And I'm giving you all this. I want to illustrate a picture of what happened then. And then we're going to tie this into what's going on now. So they rode into the palace and hurried him before the king. Mephibosheth said the only thing he could think of, he threw himself to the floor and his tattered rags and cried out for mercy. Now, Mephibosheth just got there. He doesn't know what the king wants, but he throws himself on himself on the floor and he cried out for mercy. Behold, your servant, Mephibosheth. David replied, don't be afraid. 
Mephibosheth didn't even wait for the king to finish. He bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Now, remember, he was royalty. But life had beaten things out of him so, so much so that he forgot who he was. And he looked at himself as a dead dog and thought everyone else saw him the same way. Not a dog, but a dead dog. He was so defeated that he saw himself as being no earthly worth in Lodabar. But David persisted. Don't be afraid, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you always eat at my table. Hmm. You see, it had nothing to do necessarily with who Mephibosheth was, but it had everything to do with his father, Jonathan. It had everything to do with that blood covenant that was cut before Mephibosheth was even thought of. So him coming out of Lodabar was because of that covenant. So when we think back on our very own lives, I'm sure in some way we can kind of relate to Mephibosheth. When you think back on your life, think about some of the things that you've gone through. More specifically, think back on the year 2014, on this year, and all the hell that broke loose in your lives in this year. I'm sure we can relate to what Mephibosheth was probably going through, even though he had like 45 years in Lodabar. But I'm sure at some point we can relate to the fact that we found ourselves in a desolate place. All hell was breaking loose where we lost instead of gained. And I'm sure we too wondered what was going on. So I'm sure all of us had found ourselves at some point in Lodabar. So here's the question. How do we get there? Who dropped you? And why did you stay there? See, it wasn't any fault of Mephibosheth that he wound up in Lodabar. He didn't ask to go there, but he was taken there. And on the way there, he became crippled because the nurse dropped him. So my question is, who dropped you? When you look back at your life and the situations you find yourself in, who dropped you? What event, what situation caused you to wind up right where you are today. And I'm going to ask you this question. If it were indeed a person that dropped you, if it were a relationship that ended, maybe, maybe, maybe your father left or, 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 or your wife or your husband left or it was a broken relationship and it caused you to find yourself crippled, not being able to move from that situation, who was it that dropped you? And the question would be, how long are you going to stay there? Why are you staying there? And a lot, what, a lot of times what happens is we find ourselves in these situations, but we haven't forgiven the person who had dropped us. 
We haven't forgiven the person who had walked out on us. We haven't forgiven ourselves for making a choice to wind up in that particular situation. And thereby we become crippled and stuck in a, in a place of desolation, a place called Lodabar. You see, Mephibosheth suffered from an identity crisis. He forgot who he was. See, he was royalty. But because he found himself in a desolate place, he forgot that he was royalty. And so, see, life had beaten him down so much that he felt that he was unworthy of a better life. So he tolerated his his situation. He tolerated Lodabar. He stayed and lived there. When he had the freedom, he might not have been able to walk, but he could have left Lodabar. But because he saw himself of no worth, because of his vacant esteem, because he saw himself as a lower than a dog, a dead dog, he decided that he was going to stay right there. He had an identity crisis. Not only did he had an identity crisis, he was fearful. Fearful of what? Fearful of what someone told him would happen if they found him. He stayed there out of fear. The nurse told him that if they ever found you, they will kill you. But did she know that? So his whole life, he spent 45 years or so in Lodabar on a lie. Not knowing that he had stayed there, not knowing that they were going to kill him or not. None of that was true. But because someone instilled fear in him. He chose to stay. And because he stayed there, he forgot who he was. See, he was totally unaware of the covenant that existed. So because he was unaware of that covenant, he didn't know what he was entitled to. So so two things. He was royalty and there was a covenant. But because life beat the hell out of him. And he stayed out of fear. He forgot those two things and he stayed there. Now, 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 if you go back when he was dropped, he was five years old. All right, my Bible scholars, what does five represent? Exactly. Five represents grace. So the very thing that crippled him was also the very thing that saved his life. Because if you go back and you study the chapter, that that passage of scripture, you would see that years prior, Mephibosheth had a brother. And don't ask me to pronounce his name because I can't. But he had a brother. (laughs) But his brother went to fight also against the armies. And his brother died fighting. Now picture this, if, if Mephibosheth, wasn't crippled, he would have went to fight with his brother. And subsequently, he would have lost his life. So the very thing that he thought, the very thing that crippled him at the age of five was grace being extended to him that saved his life. Where are you this morning? See, a lot of times we find ourselves in these situations 
and we complain, we speak against it. Lord, why am I here? Not recognizing that that very thing that got you where you are is the very thing that saved your life. Think about it. You're in a relationship. You just knew you was about to get married. But Lord said, no, not so. I'm going to cause a separation there. And see, that separation, because we didn't understand it, we were hurt and we began to complain and speak against God about it. But see, not recognizing that that separation was grace being extended. That period of desolation that occurred after that was grace being extended to us because that relationship would have took you completely out of the grace of God. It would sent you down a wrong road and would have cost you your anointing. So right where you are right now, think about everything that has happened in your life, particularly this last year. See, 2014 was a year of hell. But see, if you look at it with your physical eye, you would take it the wrong way. See, everything that happened in 2014, see, 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 everything that happened in 2014 was designed for a specific purpose, a specific reason. See, it felt like in 2014 that the bottom dropped out, right? The bot- see, what God was doing, he shook up everything. Every found every false foundation that your life was built on, every false belief that you structured your life on, every false opinion that you thought of yourself, he shook it up. And he sent you into a place of desolation because it was necessary for that shakeup to occur because everything was built on something that was false. Remember, Mephibosheth, I can't even say his name now, Mephibosheth, he forgot about who he was. He was royalty. So his life over 40 some odd years was built on a lie. It was built on a false foundation. And when we look at ourselves, let me me not even jump there real quick. But when you look back at 2014, you know me, I love numbers. Do the math. 2014, what does that mean? What, how, how, what's, what's the total of 2014? Seven. What does seven mean? Completion. So this last year, all hell broke loose to position you and I for what was about to happen in 2015. 2015. Do the math. What is the total? What does eight mean? New beginnings. See, this last year, see, if, if, if you go back the last several years, see, there's a lot of, see, the Lord has been showing us things that we've been missing. He's been showing us things. This last year, we had a date that was 12, 13, 14, right? December 12, 13, 2014. The year before, we had 11, 12, 13. The year before that, we had 10, 11, 12. The year before, so, so when you look at how things were in order, This is the last year in our lifetime that we will ever see a sequence like that, which means that what God was doing these last few years, particularly this last year, was getting us in a position to receive what he has for us. Because there's a covenant. 
There's a covenant. Do you know what that covenant is? See, Mephibosheth didn't know about the covenant, so he didn't know what he was entitled to. He didn't know what he what, what was to expect. But you and I, we know about the covenant. Now, here's the thing. We know about the covenant. But do you know the covenant? Do you know what we're entitled to because of that covenant? And I don't have time this morning to get into all the details of the covenant. Come to Bible study. <laughs> That's what we've been talking about. But, 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 but because we are unaware of the details of the covenant, we find ourselves in Lodabar. And what do we do? We live there. Why are you still in Lodabar? Why? <laughs> why are you still why are you tolerating that lifestyle? Why are you tolerating paycheck to paycheck? Why are you tolerating sickness? Why are you tolerating depression? Why are you tolerating oppression? Why are you tolerating all of it? We have a covenant. We are royalty. But see, what happens is that we don't recognize that we're royalty and we allow people to call us things that we live by. His name was changed to Mephibosheth and he lived by it. He didn't ask for that name. Somebody gave it to him. But he lived according to it. Son of shame. Who changed your name and why are you living to, up to that name? So when are you going to come out of Lodabar? You don't have to spend another night in Lodabar. See, I don't know about you. See, 2015 for me, talk about new beginnings. I see it already. I see it already. No longer will I accept living in Lodabar. I'm coming out of Lodabar. Now, now, y'all can stay there if you want to. But I'm making a choice to come out of Lodabar. How many people are going to do the same? But see... Here's the thing, though. That that you have gone through this past year was never meant to destroy you. It was meant to reestablish you. Even though that while you were going through that, it seemed like God was distant, but he was actually closer than you ever thought. And it seemed like it seemed like he was silent. But in that silence, he spoke volumes. So don't despise Lodabar. It was never meant to destroy you, but to reestablish you. Everybody stand.
coming out of Lodabar. I'm coming out of Lodabar. Let's all come out of Lodabar. But here's the thing. What you found in Lodabar, you must leave behind. This is not a move where you pack your bags and bring stuff with you. This is a move where you strip bare naked and leave everything behind. Because it cannot go with you. You must leave it behind. It can't go with you. They can't go with you. He can't go with you. She can't go with you. It can't go with you. Leave it and load the bar. The belief you had about yourself, leave it and load a bar. Each and every person in here is royalty. And there's a covenant that exists. It started back when God made a covenant with Abraham. And then Jesus came back to reestablish that new uh, that, that covenant under a newness of his shed blood. Because remember, in order for a covenant to exist, blood must be shed. When Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood to reestablish that covenant with us, with you, with I, where he promised mercy. He promised grace among many, many other things. He promised that all of our needs have already been provided. He promised that by his stripes that we are already healed, not will be healed, but already healed. Not your needs might be provided, but they are already provided. But see, that Lodabar mentality will have you thinking that, well, I, well, maybe tomorrow I might get it tomorrow. Maybe my healing will, well, 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 maybe. No, it's now. It's now. Adjust your faith to fit the covenant where it's a now covenant, not a tomorrow covenant, not a down the road covenant, but it's a now covenant. But we must be in a position to receive the benefits of the covenant. If you don't know the king, you don't have a covenant. And even if you once met the king, but you decided to do your own thing, you stepped away from the covenant. But don't let this day go by without that covenant being reestablished because all hell's breaking loose out there, but it doesn't have to break loose in here. It doesn't have to break loose in our lives, but we must be in a position to receive the benefits of the covenant. Now, let me back up. I'm not saying everybody get all materialistic up in here. It has nothing to do with materialism it has nothing to do with a house or a car but it has everything to do with recognizing the love that God had for us and we just celebrated on Christmas the fact that God sent his son to reestablish that covenant 
But are you in a position to receive from that covenant? If you don't know Jesus, you're not in position. If you are still doing things your old way, you're not in position. If you are holding on to things from Lodabar, you are not in position. See, I refuse to go into another year stuck in Lodabar. 